Before we crack on, I've got a question for you. If you're buying something online, do you check the reviews? Of course you do. We all do. But what if the reviews are fake? Well, that's exactly what happened to Toma Tagrin when he bought a camera based on shoddy reviews. He got stitched up with a bad product, so decided to do something about it, launching Yotpo. Yotpo makes it easy to get verified reviews from your customers and then display them on your e-commerce site and across your marketing. This is important because 10 reviews can uplift conversion by 53%, but 100 reviews, well, that can more than double conversion. It's big numbers. Yotpo helps customers trust you enough to buy from you, and it's even more valuable you keep those customers coming back, which is why they also have loyalty and SMS features to help your retention. So, if you're in e-commerce and want more revenue, check out yotpo.com secret. That's yotpo.com secret. Now, onto the show. I lost the most amount of money in the, the most recent uh, recession, if you like, having invested in a company that uh, was doing a lot of overseas property development. And I didn't do my due diligence, so I lost a phenomenal amount of money. But that was also one of the biggest learnings. That's Steve Witt, a serial entrepreneur who's built successful businesses and earned life-changing amounts of money only to lose it all and end up leaning on people's kindness to get by. From Secret Leaders, I'm Dan Murray-Serta, and this is our bite-sized series dedicated to failure. Failure is far more common and interesting than success. You learn so much more from it. I know I have, and I've failed a bunch of times, but it's hardly ever talked about. We want to change that with the help of founders like Steve who are sharing their toughest moments and what they've taken from it. Steve now heads up Not Just Travel, a company he co-founded in 2001. But before that, he was running a web services company back in the days when you had to use a dial-up connection to, you know, surf the net. Simpler times. But it was far from simple for Steve, who got his real first taste of failure with the launch of the company's subscription service. So this was oh, uh, 1999, I think it was, uh, into 2000. And we'd... Uh, this was back in the era of free serve and dial-up internet, 0845 numbers, pay-as-you-go type of service. So we came up with the idea of wouldn't it be simpler to uh, have a, a subscription-based model where you fixed your cost, use the 0800 number to dial up to the internet and just paid a monthly fee. We took the concept to FreeServe, to Demon Internet, and a number of other partners who were like potential partners, took them the idea and they said, no, absolutely, it could never work, that would never work. So we eventually found a partner that was willing to give it a go and we then partnered with another other companies to add extra value-added services to the launch. We took the whole solution to a big telco in the UK. They launched it. We launched it on stage at Wembley. Huge, huge sales force uh, we launched it to, and they loved it. So much so, they went out and sold it uh, till the cows came home and made an absolute fortune in the first couple of weeks of the service. And then because of the volume, the system died, in effect. Um, it crashed and burned because so many people were trying to access it. And overnight, we went from making lots of money to hemorrhaging money and having to repay lots of people for the service in order to try and regain trust in it. At that point, I'd actually moved to Blackpool and bought a house, um, and we'd taken a lot of our team up with us. That's where our offices were based at the time. 
and uh, yes, ended up having to sell the house, literally was um, living with my business partner and his wife and three kids on a sofa in the, in the uh, what was their lounge and just trying to make ends meet as we were trying to re- recover the service and uh, turn it back into making money as opposed to, to losing money, but uh, had literally sold everything I possibly could to keep things going at that point. That one was interesting because we tended to blame it on other people as opposed to sort of looking inside ourselves. So big learning there was to, uh, again, have a, a bit more of a plan and not rely on other people for your own success and to actually have a plan B and a plan C even to um, plan for these things because we could have predicted, had we thought about it more, what was going to happen given the volume of people signing up, but we didn't do anything about it and we didn't take control of our own destiny. Not that it was our responsibility to put in all the infrastructure, but we didn't make sure that our partners had put in all the infrastructure and as a result, they made us look bad. Steve bounced back and in 2007, he sold his next company, UKDomains.com, for a life-changing amount of money. But disaster was just around the corner. We were fortunate enough to get offered uh, a very sizable amount of money by uh, one of our competitors who wanted to acquire us to make themselves bigger, obviously. So great payday. But the one thing they don't teach you is what you do with your money. And all of a sudden, you, you feel that you're super successful and you know everything about being an entrepreneur. So uh, I made a few investments, one of which was into a friend's company, which was an overseas property company. Everything he touched in the past had turned to gold. So uh, I didn't do my due diligence. Ended up continuing to invest in that company uh, to help them through some difficult times. And then someone ran away with all the money. So (laughs) not the best success story. But I, I learned so much at that point about what you should do when making investments and how to diversify and spread risk. And I learned an awful lot about how to uh, make a comeback as well because I literally lost everything at that point. I didn't go into debt, but I lost everything which I'd made out of the sale of the previous business, which I'd spent 10 years building up. So was basically back at ground zero. So would have been very, very easy just to... Uh, Drink yourself into happiness, if you like, at that point, because it was literally the most depressing point ever. You'd literally just realised that you'd lost everything. The friends that you, you thought you could trust, you couldn't trust. And having gone from this huge high of thinking you were the cleverest entrepreneur in the world, having made all this money, you then realise, actually, no, you don't know what is as much as you thought, and you're not as clever as you thought. And, you know, you've literally, you're slogged yourself silly for for 10 years building this business up making lots of money uh, when you sold it and then you've got to start all over again and it's uh, it's pretty depressing i became an absolute expert at um, landing up on uh, friends doorstep just as it was time for dinner or tea just coincidentally they'd invite me in for dinner every night so uh, work your way around uh, i moved back in with parents a couple of times um, so you do what you have to do i was in a fortunate position, I didn't have sort of children or anything, so dependence, so I could cut back to zero costs, if you like, but um, I had no car, I had uh, no income really at that point, and had to start afresh, and luckily I had, you know, parents who were very welcoming, and uh, friends who uh, were good cooks, 
I then in sort of as soon as I started earning a little bit of money, the first thing I did was actually I started seeing a a life coach who really helped me come to terms with the loss. So I did a in my sort of previous entrepreneur sort of journey at that point, I'd sort of been studying people like Tony Robbins, Brian Tracy, people like that. So I was very much into mindset and I did realise I was getting sort of depressed. So I was able to invest the money I had into a life coach who helped me understand that it literally was a learning um, for me. And uh, I'd invested in education, if you like, rather than seeing it as a complete negative, which was a great turning point for me because it helped me uh, deal with a lot of sort of potential demons and give you the motivation, right, I've learned from that. What have I got to do differently to build the next opportunity bigger, better and stronger so it doesn't happen again? I was lucky enough I still had an investment in a travel business. So that was in the background. I wasn't day-to-day involved, but I chose to basically get involved in that business. And it didn't make me any money for a long time, but at least it gave me something to do and a focus. But probably for me, one of the best things I did was I I mentioned the... Uh, the other investor in the, the business that also lost a lot of money. We became business partners because we were both in a similar position. So he helped me with that confidence because I'm not a confident person. I, I spent many years of having speech therapy to be able to talk properly. And so as a result, I'm sort of, I'm actually very shy. No one ever believes it when you're doing this, but that's the sort of, I am a very shy person. So he did all the sort of front of house selling and I did all the back and operational stuff and it was a great combination still is a great combination so that we're able to grow the business playing on each other's strengths and that to me was one of the best things for me and that's uh, partnerships are not for everybody you've got to find the right partner if you're going to do that but that helped me enormously because I wasn't on my own and I we're lucky we don't always have uh, bad days on the same day so he was able to pick me up and I was able to pick him up on bad days. But besides spreading risk around more, what would Steve have done differently after coming into life-changing money? I think it's having a stronger plan. For example, I, I invested with a hope, not a plan. So I was very trusting, but I didn't do my due diligence and research to work the numbers out around what I was doing. I was just going on, on trust and hope that, well, the person was successful before, I'm sure they'll be successful again. So there was that aspect from a business, but from a personal side of things as well. I I realized that I needed the plan for what I wanted to achieve personally in life to be a better me and to be more successful because otherwise I didn't have any direction or purpose or drive. And I think that's why I invested so quickly in another business when I did make money was because I didn't have a, a better plan. One of the things you hear a lot in startup circles is the importance of resilience. But that doesn't just apply to when you're running your startup. It's the in-between bits too. It's picking yourself up after one failure and giving yourself another shot. That's probably the toughest part. You've been listening to our bite-sized series dedicated to failure. We'll be back next week with another episode. If you like what you heard, please follow us in your podcast app and share the episode with someone who needs to hear it. See you next week.
Here at Mindset Win, we want to give you the tools to become better at what you do. Taking inspiration and wisdom from our guests, we will hear stories, strategies, tips and tricks. Told by leading names in sport and beyond. Who know what it takes to get to the very top. There will be two episodes each week packed with amazing stories and practical takeaways for us all to follow. Search for Mindset Win on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app.